Welcome to episode 177 of the Muck Podcast, a member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Listen in as we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Hanamio. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Hillary, <laughs> take two. <laughs> we just recorded for four minutes and I looked yes. down and I said, this video is not going. Yes. That's, that that's the been kind the of day time. we're having. Yeah. <laughs> this is the week I'm having. It's no, no worries. They caught it early. At least we didn't God. catch it 30 <gasps> minutes in. I would have cried. I'm, I'm I mean, so fragile. Could you imagine all of the genius coming out of this mouth? Not being on TV. Come on. We got it. We need it. We need it. It's the same thing. People want to know what we say (laughs) and what we think. Clearly. Oh, my God. Oh, but anyway, I'm going to repeat it because Tina always says, Hillary. And I was telling Tina, me. I was like, my mom uh, listens to the podcast (laughs) every week now. And every Wednesday, I get a rundown of like, I heard what you were saying today. And she. That's so sweet. It is sweet. And she was saying, she goes, who's this? Who's this? Hillary. I go, oh, it's (laughs) Tina. That's uh, that's Tina. Uh. So it's nice that you have family listening. I don't think I, I don't know. Maybe I think my uncle listens here and there. Yeah. And that's about it. That's a good thing. I think so too. I mean, come on. I mean, I love that they support. My sister listens too. And uh, I don't think my mom's listened once. Yeah, no. I mean, listen, uh, what are you going to do? do? It's fine. It's fine. I mean, I'm okay with it. I don't think I say anything too crazy. Do I? She's used to it. This is what, this is is how we are on the phone. So it's fine. Um, So let's just, let's just start from the, from the worst of the worst. And I was, as I said, a few minutes ago, (laughs) Um, DeSantis announcing his presidency Knowing it's been coming for years, knowing we were going to see this very soon, it still was very shocking. The worst to, thing that could it really was. Even if the, the like the bungled way it, it rolled out on Twitter, I which loved, was fucking hilarious to me. Have you seen all the failure to launch like movie? Yeah parodies yeah. with uh elon musk's face so here's and the thing here's first here's, of all elon musk i know like right there but the fact that, that, that tells the thing, you everything it didn't work it was fucked up but here's the thing that's here's what's here's to, here's what desantis is in a nutshell and if y'all just listen to this very clearly this is who desantis is he's clearly calculated and ready to um take advantage of everything he can he goes on Twitter with Musk and announces in this fucking shitty way. Oh my God. Uh, his He's Twitter such a spaces. Clown. He announces such a clown. his. He announces his presidency. It's all bungled. Whatever. Low the ratings. Vi- P.S. The very next day, he signs a bill that was sitting on his desk that any company in Florida that is does space exploration, uh-huh. if they oh have God, a failed yes. mission and somebody gets hurt or dies, that person's family doesn't have to hold that, cannot hold that company accountable. He signed that. Guess what the company that is here is SpaceX, which is owned by Elon Musk. He quid signed that the very quo. next day. Isn't that quid this, pro quo? Yes, I mean, this is this who is, Ron DeSantis is. This is a guy who is going to strip away yeah. everyone's rights. And I think that's the thing though. Like we were saying uh, on our pre-recording that we accidentally didn't record, um, that... This is a person who we we have to reach people to let them know. We have to figure out where is it going to hit them that Ron DeSantis is president. Because there's people that don't give a shit about transgender bans. And there's people that don't give a shit about abortion bans. And there's people that don't, like, you know, the people are like, well, that doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't bother me. So who cares? 
You know what I mean? But there's, this is a guy who's getting in fights with Disney, who's taking away jobs. Like, I think that that's the thing that we should look at, that the impact on the Florida economy based of on his ridiculous laws and how we're losing money as a state. Do we want that nationwide? Like, we, that's what we got to think about strategy-wise. Like, what is the language to really hammer home to people that this would be an utter disaster for the nation? He, he here's the thing about Ron DeSantis He's only for Ron DeSantis. That's the scariest thing to me about him. I think that he has had this path planned out for on his own since like college. I think he's known exactly. He went to the best schools, went into the Navy, worked, you know, now he's got this career, this experience. Then he runs for office. He was a congressman, kept his head down. Right, that's didn't, you know. You almost forget that he was a congressman. Yeah, like, to tell of course, you the truth. He he didn't vote for some things for Trump. Voted for some other things with Trump. Like kept his head down. Didn't make friends there. Came back. Ran for governor. Used Trump. Probably one of the only people, you know, who have used Trump successfully. And now Trump's trying to turn against them, but it's not going to work. Trump is a joke. Yeah. So now he's got the best of him. He used him when he needed to, and got into office. You remember? We remember those commercials. I'm my kid's building a wall. Like he yes. used Trump, and Trump endorsed him, and he took the state at the height of Trump's right. power. Right. Right. And now he's using Trump as an enemy to say that's not the good Republican. I'm the good Republican, and it's going. I got to tell you, I, I think it's going to work. But here's what we know about DeSantis: it is all about him. He doesn't care about the little guy. No. Does not care. And he doesn't care about companies either. No. Nope. And so here's another thing that came out a couple of days ago, which is absolutely insane. And he's doing it in broad daylight. And the people, it's all over Twitter and everybody's talking about it. And no one's going to hold him accountable because it's a super majority. The lawmakers in Florida, the legislature should be calling a special, se- I don't know if they can call special sessions. I think they can. Are you talking about the lobbyist stuff? Yes. Yep. So right oh, now oh. there are a stack of bills sitting on DeSantis's desk to be signed. Here's what the fucked up part is. His actual office staff, not his campaign staff, his office yep. administration staff is calling, they're calling corporations and lobbyists and for asking money. for donations or he might not sign these bills. Now, some of the bills <laughs> sitting on his desk will help these companies or will hurt these companies. They are threatening for him to not sign the bills based on how much they're going to give them in donations. How is this even legal? It's not. It's called extortion. (laughs) Yes. And it's happening from his office staff. You have office staff and you have campaign staff. We've covered. Those two can't go. They can't mix. Office staff cannot campaign for you. It's against the fucking law. And if you've listened to the show, we have covered politicians who use their office staff for this and have gone to jail for it. They lose their jobs. Yes. Remember those women, the the, the sisters. And they went around. Yes. Yes. This is not good. So 10 GOP lobbyists told NBC News they were talked to, said they've never seen anything like it, and they're feeling pressure to give to the priorities of this, of this, of DeSantis. But the, it's from the office staff. Like, this is fucking he, he, so This man fuck. needs to go to jail. But the worst, but there's nobody who's going to hold him accountable. And these but fucking the federal level, Republican legislators are out of their, what are you doing? Wake the fuck up. He used you like he's using everybody else. What do you get? You know, he used them so much and they make them feel, he's made them feel so invincible that our very own Republican goon in Broward <laughs> County, uh, Chip Lamarca, who I pretty uh, much he's set, on my I list set, today. I set my boundaries that I was going to not discuss Chip Lamarca anymore because I've lost my mind and I was like, get it back. Let this motherfucker go. 
mute him on Twitter, which I did, so I didn't have to look at his shit. Oh, so yeah. But this fucking piece of shit this week. He is such. He thinks he's something. He's about two feet tall. He thinks he's seven feet tall with his midget ass fingers <laughs> and short dick. Which I can say because they didn't, they that, that bill where you, you know, you got to hold they people didn't sound, sign liable. It. They didn't say it. So Here, here's what I think trouble, about you too. and your short dick. Threatening Broward County libraries. Broward County libraries, which Broward County libraries is, is uh, releasing these optional. You don't have to have your library card have this particular logo on it. But if you want, you can have a library card that says, I read banned books. Um, something to that effect, and it's got like flames on it, you know. But again, you do not have to have that card. So if you're someone that doesn't want that card, then get the regular Broward County Library card. So he came out and and tried to threaten their funding. But did you see that he's he's uh, peddled back? Yeah, he's peddled he, back. Like he, I, I well, don't what have happened any. Was, uh, I don't have any say in the money and da 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 da. Here's what happened. They, the Broward tool. County Library puts out this tweet with the with the picture of the cards. Listen. Guess who's getting one? I, of I them. gotta tell you, I know I'm that, getting one. I, I gotta tell you, I know that you and I are feel differently about reading, <laughs> but to make a library exciting, like they're looking for things to do, yeah, like they're trying to promote the fucking library. Give me a break, and, okay? You know, literacy, and also the don't say gay woke bills, all these things that took books off the shelves in your classrooms, doesn't apply to to libraries. This isn't a school. This is where anyone, adults and children, can check out fucking books. Yep. It doesn't apply here. But but they put this tweet out and dig dick bag fucking goes <laughs> on there and is like, I don't think this is a good idea. Oh, please, you know, when is the, the last time Chip Lamarco read a book? The governor still has a pen and can veto money. He's He actually put a number down of how much they could take away. And thank and I and I was like, oh, I retweeted it, and I said, I'd really love to hear. Is that retaliatory? What Broward, like, can yes. you do? You can't do that. You can't do it. But he's threatening it as if as if he's got the governor's ear. Oh, please, hey, hey Chip, here's a, here's a, here, let me let me give you a, let me give you a heads up. Let me give you a heads up. DeSantis doesn't even know who the fuck you are. <laughs> he hears Broward County and he's he wipes his ass with right. that. He doesn't give a fuck about you. Do you understand? He even said that in an article. Like he goes, Chip said this something about how he goes to these meetings and he says he's from Broward County and he's they're like Broward County. Yeah. You're nothing. You are nothing. That feeling you have inside when you look in the mirror and you're like, I wish I was a little, two feet taller. We know. <laughs> we know that's why you tweet shit like that because you are so insecure he's, as a human being. And he's desperate to get DeSantis' love. You're threatening to take money away from the libraries in Broward <laughs> County where you were raised. You love talking about how you yeah. were, love Fort Lauderdale, love that you were raised here, love all your, what the fuck are you doing? Whose side are you on, bitch? You want to take books out of the fucking library? Oh, by the way, I, money just, funding also, funding from a program that is already suffering. Yeah. Also, let me just remind you too that this is the same stupid fuck who put out commercials with his wife. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's going to be a good pause because in my head there was a, a thousand names that I just bit my tongue. <laughs> And she stood there in front of a camera and said, "My Chippy, he's not an extreme Republican. They're just they're just bullying him. He's not. He's a middle of the road. He's not yeah. extreme. Really, coming after libraries really? is extreme. Put your big take off those big boy pants you put on when you put that tweet out and shut the fuck up and sit down. Nobody's interested. Well, nobody's the best, fucking the interested. The best part though is that he had to come out." And yeah, then, because and, Nan and Rich blew it because up. Because everyone flipped the hell out Commit, on I him. retweeted it and I was like, I'd really love to know what the Broward County Commission thinks about this because it's all filled with Chip's buddies. Yep. 
All of his old buddies over there at the fucking commission. And so uh, I tweeted that. A couple other people were like, what the fuck? They started to write about it. Commissioner Nan Rich that morning brought it up and was like, this is, and she brought in the library director. And she was like, here's, and the library director at the meeting said all of the attacks that she's been getting and hearing from this. So he basically, what he did is put a red flag on it for all of the like moms for liberty dicks to come after this woman. That's what you did. You just made a fucking county employee in the county that you represent in Florida. You put her on a target on her face. What the fuck is wrong with you? You're so insignificant. This is what you have to do. This is what you have to do. Shut the fuck up. Go to Tallahassee, bury your head in the fucking sand and do your dumb fucking bills and come back here and go hoity-toity around with all these other motherfuckers. Nobody cares Nobody about you. Nobody likes you. You're termed out soon. Thank fucking oh Christ. Oh my God. And then you're gonna God. come back here and you're gonna sniff around for another fucking job. I swear, you know, here's the best thing about Chip and Marka. If you're walking in a crowd with him, you wouldn't even see him because he's so little. <laughs> Nothing against short people. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> You know what my daughter said to me? Short people scare me. I say, yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> There's something right about that. Oh my God. Um, I fucking Lord. hate him. You see what happens? It, it, it The hate doesn't go away. It's right. It's I'm, surface. But, but, it's right but, fucking there. But, he just needs to do one thing. And I'm like, what? And it, you know what the thing is? Is like, he reminds, it's, it, it's very Charlie Crist. Charlie Crist could have <laughs> sat in St. Pete uh, oh. In this beautiful home he's got there, yeah. you know, sits on all that money or whatever the fuck he's got. Live, living his best life. He's a congressman, goes to the yeah. fucking house, <laughs> goes up to the fucking D.C. Ruins uh, our election. U.S. US House rep, like, could have lived a fucking yeah. life for the rest of his life but sitting in that seat. Instead, he let DeSantis get elected again. He want, But he said he wanted to stick his head up out of the sand and, <laughs> and be a, an asshole. And, you know, I, I still can't get over that fucking election. I can't. But it's the same thing with Chip. Chip goes to galas. He gets awards. He said, listen, go to his Twitter. He goes and he's accepted who's all giving, over the county. Who's People, giving this man awards? Because I think that he... I, listen... Anybody, anybody who can get a state rep to come to their events, they're here yeah. for it. I get it. But like this guy? No. This guy? You There's think a he's lot for of other you? people. Like look at what he's voting for. He voted for every single thing the Republicans did this year, except the abortion, six-week abortion ban. He didn't vote for that. But, but everything but he didn't else have he voted to. for. But the same thing with like the don't say gay earlier. He doesn't have to, right? He, he so he can very- pick and choose and, and he knows like what's going to sort of get a reaction in the, in, in Broward. Yeah. So he picks and chooses and he is all about keep, keeping himself safe. It's not about the people of Broward, right? It's about securing his seat. It's about him not having to, to, to get any, you know, flack for what he's saying. But the thing that but, really fucks, if that fucks me up because they, they have the majority. He doesn't have, like you said, he doesn't have to vote for anything. So like, why are you doing it? If you, if you need to come, you, you are from Broward. You don't, they don't need your vote. Why are you doing it? You got to come back up? here. You got to come. Yeah. And where are the Democrat leaders saying to you, I'm not taking your phone calls anymore. Where are they? Where are they? Where, why? You know, I just don't understand it. Who, I know. I don't want to give any more. I can't. I, I, I can't give any more time to this fucking piece of shit. We all know that you're fucking cowards. Yeah. We know it. Thank you to Commissioner Nan Rich for fucking saying something. You know, it shouldn't be always. It, to me, it seems like it's always women who are doing this. Everybody should be outraged by it. Everybody should be outraged by a, a fucking U.S. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, a Florida house rep threatening a library. A government agency. And it's this is so dangerous because... Some, you know, people, the only way that they can access books and access information is through 
their local public library and you're going to threaten them. You're going to threaten their funding. You're going to put a bunch of people out of work. Like it's this just, is what you want. It's also bad politics. Like I, like I said, it doesn't make sense to me why you're doing any of these things, why you're coming out for any, it doesn't, it doesn't add to your uh, legend or your whatever, your career. It doesn't do anything. It's just another pimple on the ass of it. You know what I mean? Like what is the, what was the point? Who advised you on that? You need to take advice from people and say, Hey, I'm going to tweet this because you could have let it go. But it was Steve Bosquet wrote an entire column in the fucking editorial of Sun Sentinel about you. Like, what are you doing? There was a whole article written by Anthony Mann. What are you doing? Why are you highlighting yourself like this? It was retweeted by Carlos Guillermo Smith and tons <laughs> of other people. Tons of other people outside of Florida were retweeting that you were doing this. Oh Why God. did you do it? It's he's so a, fucking he's a fool. dumb. He's a fool. And the, the other thing, Piece you know, because this, this ties back to the overall book bans and tying back to this DeSantis uh, run for presidency, the one thing that, that you hear a lot of the Republicans that are running over and over saying is they, they keep talking about public education. Mm. They keep talking about public education and how, how the public schools are, are sort of this space where liberals are indoctrinating children. This is what they're saying repeatedly. This has been the thing for the past year. You know. And they're going to keep doing this on, on the, the, the presidential level. And you need to think... If you have your kids in public school across America, these moms for liberty, I watched an interview, I think it was on oh. CNN, and, and this woman, actually, yes. they actually believe that teachers, that there's a conspiracy from, I guess, the deep state, I don't know who, but that teachers unions and teachers, their whole plan is to turn children gay and trans. Like, that's the agenda, and that they're going to sneak in books. And when you make people have empathy, it's because you want to turn somebody gay or trans. It's the most ignorant, ridiculous thing I have ever heard in my life. But this is what they genuinely believe. And so you can't fight crazy, right? Like, because that's crazy. Like, you can't talk to a crazy person and make them change their mind about something like that. But you can vote and make sure that the people who are aligned with Moms for Liberty are not getting into highly elected seats so that they can make changes to our schools. And it's at the state level that we are screwed across this country because they're doing it state by state by state by state until they can get it on the federal level. I can't even believe it's insane. I can't believe that we're still in a place where people think that you can convince someone to be gay. I know. <laughs> Isn't that the craziest thing? I mean, do you wake up in the morning all of a sudden go, oh, I want to you know, fuck a woman? Like, does that make sense? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Men don't all sense. of a sudden, or boys who are going through puberty or, puberty or been through puberty go, oh, you know what I really want to do? Suck a dick. Yeah. That doesn't it happen. doesn't happen. Oh, look, my teacher put a gay flag up, a ra rainbow flag up. I must be gay. Yeah. it's That doesn't happen. And if you are so that, ignorant. if you have no confidence in your child and the way that they're maturing and the way, how they feel, they, there's nothing that that is going to convince them of that. They already are gay or they already are trans and they know and it. it. And if you are putting these vibes out, it's not the school who did it. They've already been, that's who they are. And when they're 18 and they can get the far away from you as they possibly can, and you'll never see them again because of this reaction, you'll know why. Or maybe you'll never know why. And you'll yeah. just be like, oh, my son hates me and I don't understand, yeah. or my daughter hates me. And that they won't include me in their life. This is why. Because this was your reaction. Because you and, don't accept people for who they are, including your own children, and shame on you. But it's not the school's fault. 
kids know if they're gay or they're straight. Right. And we've talked about this before. I have read a lot of books in my life. We're coming in. Okay. Hot. We're coming out hot today. Okay. Uh, I read, I think I've said this on the podcast before. I've read American Psycho. I didn't su- suddenly turn into a serial killer. <laughs> my God, I read uh, Flowers in the Attic. I didn't start wanting to have sex with my uh, uh, relatives. You know what I mean? Like, like oh, wait. Just, <laughs> just because you read books about things doesn't suddenly mean you're going to become the thing that you're reading but about. Here's, it is insane I, to I me. I think that you just made the most it's perfect insane. point. I don't think they read books. Yeah. And I know well. that, I know I don't read books, <laughs> but also I don't think they understand what, what, what a book, I don't think they read. I'm, no. I'm serious. I'm really serious. And even like, well, with the Amanda one, Gorman poem. Yes, I was just going to say that. The one parent <laughs> who complained in Miami-Dade <sighs> County about Amanda Gorman's poem that she read at the, at the president, the inauguration of President Biden, they banned it from the schools. One parent complained. One? And by the way, did you, now, now that this dumb bitch put herself on the fucking spotlight, they start going through her shit. Oh, she's, and on Facebook, she put an anti-Semitic fucking post up a few yep. years ago. Now she's apologizing to Jewish organizations. You're a cunt. Shut the <laughs> fuck up. Shut your fucking mouth. But the thing that I don't understand further is that parent put a complaint in and they have a template. These Moms for Liberty nuts, they have a template. When you want to protest against a book or whatever it is, like you fill this out and they give you the language that you're supposed, indoctrination or whatever, like you put the th- thing in there and you can put it forward. But there is still a committee of people that have to read that complaint no, and either agree a- or disagree. And for one parent who... Fine, put in your stupid complaint. Yeah. Who are the people approving it? Here's the thing. Miami-Dade schools. Yeah. Can I say something to Miami-Dade schools, Broward schools, <laughs> anybody else who's listening? You can say no. Right, I don't You can get say it. no, this poem is important. It doesn't offend anyone. Shut the fuck up and go back home, bitch. And now- Go home. <laughs> go back. How about this? Uh, we said it last week. Get a job. Get a hobby. You have too much time on your hands. Shut the fuck up. I know. I'm sure her kids had never even read the poem. No. She's out of her fucking mind. One parent is going to pull things. I don't think so. And that's how it is. When you go to these counties, it's one guy it's in, like, one person. In, in Hillsborough County in, in Tampa who's been doing this for years. One guy's taking like 60 books off the shelf. Why? Does he even have kids in the school? Who is this? What's his background? Go look at his fucking Facebook. What's he up to? Right. Is he a proud boy? Like who the fuck knows? But you can't just, you can say no. Who cares if there's flack? Target. Yeah. Who cares if oh, there's flack? Target. Who cares? But you know what? Bud Light. Who but, cares if there's flack? But that's the whole thing, right? Like, oh, Target, all these companies. Oh, they're for pride. They're for pride. No, they're for profit. Yeah. It's they're corporate, for profit. It's corporate pride. Rainbow corporate. Rainbow, rainbow capitalism they is what they call it. gave a shit, yeah. they wouldn't allow this. I have seen some of the videos of these it's one person per- it's one fucking awful guy people and the things that they're saying and the things they're saying to employees and newsflash the person making a minimum wage at target doesn't control the merchandise that comes in the store so to threaten you know the everyday employee that works there is stupid number well, one it's it's I'm disgusted by it all. It's the guy wants to be famous. He goes and he makes these videos. He wants everybody to look at him. It's all about veteran stuff. It's all about, (laughs) it's all about, you know, 
look at this video, look at this video. I'm going to say the most outrageous thing. But there's I women get clicks. too going I on. And, do- and, and with the, with the onesies going, who would put this, who would put this on their son? This I is don't disgusting. Know. Again, I, when I go to Target, I've got a mission. Do I get distracted and then Target and I start buying oh, yeah. other things I don't need? Absolutely. I'm human. <laughs> That's what happens but, when you go to but Target. Guess what? But if when you I look don't at the want pride, your kid to wear pride shit, I want to. I'm going to go to my local Target. By the way, I'm going to go Cause, see because it is. It, last time I saw it, it was in the front, and it better fucking be there. It better fucking be at the front. If they've moved it to the back, I'm going to be really pissed. I am, but too. it better be in the front because here's what happens. I look and I go, oh yeah, look at all the pride stuff. And it, sometimes I walk in and see what they have. Sometimes I keep walking. What are you doing? I don't need men's bathing suits. I look over, I go, oh, there's the men's bathing yeah. suit section. Who there's- cares? I get the fucking shit I need and I get out. Who is looking at this stuff? Again, get a fuck. this whole guy's thing. It, the guy is a disgusting human being. And, and there was one video of him and there was a really hot woman who worked at Target and she was walking, she was walking past oh, him yeah. and she's like, and he, he couldn't take it because she was very good looking. And it was like, he, she immediately was like, yeah, I'm in a Satan. What? Yeah. Yeah. I like pride stuff. I'm in a Satan. And he's like, uh, 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 uh. he's like, you like Satan. She's like, yeah. And then the security guard comes out and is like, you need to leave. You need to leave. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, I'm going to buy this shirt because I'm going to burn it. And she goes, yeah, we'll take your money. Like, yeah. sure, buy, buy the fucking shirt. He's a piece of shit. All right, listen, we're off oh, track. We're off, we're off track. This is, this is the Chippewa ship blew me. It blew me out of the water. Okay, there, there have been three lawsuits. Here's the thing about DeSantis, too, to get back on DeSantis, yeah. is that he signs these bills and, and almost immediately yeah. there's lawsuits. And ACLU. so now he's going across the country saying he's done all this thing for voter registration to like keep it safe and secure, except that last year... After the election, there were 20 people who were charged with voter fraud and all of them had received notifications from the state that saying that they could, they could vote. Yep. 20 people. It's the state's fault. He's trying to make it like there's this mass conspiracy. There is not. 20 people and they've all received, it's really, and it's sad because now they, they had felonies, they thought they could vote and then they voted That's and now they're fault. charged with something else. It's so fucked up. Some of the cases what are being a, thrown out, some of them dis- aren't. What a disgusting man. I know. Like you're going to destroy people's lives for your, to bolster yourself up. Yeah. What kind of, it's and, really, it's really sad. You're bolstering yourself up who you're a man who has money, who has access, who has power, and you're going to go shit on people. I mean, it really, and I know it may not seem like a big deal, but it is. And it's a really, the fine is like $700 or something. It's, it's a expensive huge deal. And people can't afford it. And I, well, when I say <sighs> it doesn't seem like a big deal, it's like, oh, just pay the fine. But like this, if people can't pay it and they get late and they get fines, they like it builds up, they could lose their driver's licenses and they can't drive. If they get pulled over on the way to work to make money and they don't have their driver's license, do you know what I'm saying? It's just, it snowballs into making their lives harder. And why are you doing this to people? These people are just trying to live their lives. They thought they could vote. They went to vote. They want to participate in democracy. And there wasn't anything malicious. They received, they all have these notices saying that they could. If they have the notices, then it's the state's fault. And how do you charge someone? Right. Well, then they, that's, those are the ones that are getting thrown out. Anyway, the NAACP, League of Women Voters and Hispanic Federation all uh, have thrown these lawsuits at the state because of these things. It places additional restrictions on third party voter registration groups, which these groups are including dramatically increasing fines up to $250,000 per year, which is up from 50,000 the year before. Um, wow. Failing to turn in the applications on time. Like if you, we talked about this before. Yeah. Yeah, It went from 14 days to turn in the applications or the the voter registration apps to 10 days. And if they don't turn them in with the 10, within the 10 days of having them, then uh, they can get a fine up to 200, $50,000, right? And also there's legal violations from preventing non-U.S. citizens from handling registration applications. 
They can't help register voters. Republicans say it's to protect the vote and add safety precautions. But again, like I said, there's no voter conspiracy here in Florida. This is all them he trying came out to and said it was make great. it harder. Do you yep. remember that? Yes. <laughs> this is them just trying to make it harder for Democrats to get people to oh, vote. Oh, my God. Um, Hamburger Mary's is another company that has yes. also now sued him over the drag show bans. Hamburger Mary's is a very famous restaurant. I think it's all over the country. Mm -hmm. But it has drag shows there. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's part of their bread and butter. And their lawsuit is, we are going to lose money and have started to lose money because of this ban. And you are stopping us from earning, having our company work. So again, Republicans, Republicans who are all about small business. Yeah. You're putting your hand in, in people's bread and butter. Yeah. And there's not only that, but there are people in, in service industry, hotel industry that are seeing profit losses of 20 and 30% because people aren't coming here yeah. because of these bans and saying that the state is dangerous. So that's what I would love to see. I would love to see revenue data from all these laws that he has enacted and how it has impacted our state, our unemployment rates. That's what I want to see. Because again, well, we're living in, 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 a, in a state where everything is skyrocketing and people can't live here. And you're, you're, now you're taking away jobs and money. He's such an idiot. He's going to tank us into the ground all for a, a, an attempt at the presidency that he's not going to goddamn win. Well, he better not. I have two more things. Do you have anything else? No. Um, okay, so here's the other thing about this podcast that I just want to say. Um, hi. Hi. Uh, I literally sit here and look at the camera like this, and I look at Tina, and we're just talking. I don't really think anybody's listening. <laughs> That's real. I mean, obviously, I just say a bunch of really crazy things. <laughs> Sometimes Tina says things and images pop in my head. And so when Tina last week <laughs> oh, yes. brought up cowboy boots and <laughs> the Santas, I immediately saw Dan, Representative Dan Daly and boots, right? Yes. I, and, I, and, and then it made me think of Moskowitz and his sneakers. And yeah. I talked about that. I didn't really think anybody would hear that. Like, I really <laughs> didn't. Hi, Reps. Hi. Hi. Rep Dan Daly, who then tweeted at us. <laughs> oh, my God. It was the best. These boots are for you. <laughs> Thanks for the shout out, my podcast. And I was like, <laughs> and I took a screenshot. I said to Tina, and she fucking sends me a voice oh message God, back laughing. She's like, what is this? Is this real? And I'm like, yeah, it's real. Oh, my God. It's the best. Um, Highlight of my week. Yeah, it was, it was pretty <laughs> funny. And thank you for having a sense of humor about it. Yes. Um, we, sorry listen. if it hurt feelings. I thought it was no. funny. But also, like, um, I, ha I do have an issue with, like, I don't know what's happening with this. I was trying to describe to somebody why it bothered me. It doesn't bother me, but it's, like, <laughs> odd to me. Because... Your feet are saying one thing, but the rest of you is saying something else. <laughs> and that's why it's Maybe odd. it's just a vibe that we don't, a it's style a, vibe we don't right. know. Like, are you a farmer and a state rep? Like, is that what's happening? Like, I think he's into is horses. It, like, oh, I, wait, because isn't he like Parkland area? Yeah. So and I know yeah, he's like yeah, into horses. Like horses and stuff out okay, there. Okay. So like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but, you know. No disrespect. No. No disrespect. No. Also, thanks for listening. I don't know. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know our sweet friend Kim uh, works with him. Yeah. I, I think she's still working with him. So maybe she uh, passed along. If that's so, thank you, Kim. Thank because you. it did make us, we were like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I hope nobody else listens to this. No, everybody. Like, no, I want everybody to listen, please. Yeah. I thought it was funny. I got to tell you, uh, I love somebody with a, sen a good sense of humor. Yes. So thank you for 
for sending that tweet. We really, it, it was the highlight of our week. Also, the last thing I want to say, because now we are like 35 minutes <laughs> into this fucking opening, <laughs> is um, Tina Turner passed away this week. Aww. And uh, uh, this is Saturday, so it's coming out next to so last week, I guess I could yeah. say she passed away. Um, I, I got to tell you, Tina Turner is one of those artists that I've known my entire life. Yeah. You know, and so she lived a very long and and a very happy life for a long time when she got out of yes. the man who we will not name. Yes. Um, and lived a very happy and healthy life. I mean, if you know her history, like she she was sent away from her family and raised by like grandparents at the age of nine. She picked cotton and didn't really go to school. Like she was just a survivor on from a, a young, young age. And I always thought that that's, you could hear that in her voice. You know, there was a, a sense of like power and uh, just somebody who has been through it. And that's why her music was so good. And it, 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 why it lasted for yes. as long as it did for decades, because she's one of those artists that pulls you in and you feel every single bit of it. And that's what I look for in artists and music. If you can draw me in and I can relate and I can feel it like that's a fucking star. And this woman was a star. Yes. And the other thing that I love about her is, you know, she had her early career and then, you know, things went awry mm -hmm. um, in that relationship because he was horrible. Yeah. But she like makes this comeback as Ugh. like a mid forties woman and like is hot. Remember 42. her? Out, she's like in those outfits Ugh. and like her legs, those legs like for days. How incredible. Like, especially like at a time where in the eighties, like it was, it's, it was still very much like a youth, you yeah. know, for women, like a youth market, you know, and to have like and this white. like white and white, but to have like this amazing middle-aged woman, like Ugh. hot, sexy singing and that to me is like inspirational because women, especially at that time, I feel like are, we're allowed to, yeah. Yeah. you know, like it's like you aged out at like 25, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So that to me is a thing that I really admire about her oh too, my God. is that like, I mean, owning that stage, owning her sexuality, like come on. And she got to a point and in like her, her career, popularity, like soaring yeah. at middle age. It's like, you can be successful at any time. Yeah. It happens at any time. I love and it. Even being as successful as she was like towards the end of her life. I think the last like 30 years of her life, she didn't even live in, in America anymore. She lived in Switzerland. She lived in, in, um, in Italy. Like she didn't live here. And even the interviews were like, you know, uh, when are you coming back? And she's like, listen, my businesses yeah. are there. Yeah. I'm home there, but like to come back here, you know, she, <laughs> she's, it, it wasn't for her anymore. And that happens to a lot of black yeah. artists. You know, they leave, they leave America and feel more free. Yeah. Here's the other thing for an old gal like me also that I love. Cause she has a doc, there's a documentary on HBO called Tina. You have to watch. I oh, haven't also seen the yet. beautiful name. I looked at Tina when I said Tina, uh, you have to see it. it the other thing about her is that at 50, she met someone who was going to be like her driver in Switzerland or something. And she ends up falling in love oh with this man. Oh my God. And that was the love of her life. Like when she talks about this guy, 
Oh my god! And they were together for like twenty years, and they finally got married when she was like seventy. Good for she her. She was like, "All right, you know, let's do it." And I mean, just what a beautiful, loving relationship she had, and that it's never too late. Never that you can have late. all of those things. That that no matter who you are, where you are, that that love is still a possibility. Success is still a possibility. Yeah, I mean, believing in, in yourself. She was interviewed by Survivor. Yeah, Amazing. she was interviewed by Mike Wallace for sixty minutes in in, in one of her homes in Europe, and. It, she was like in her 60s and uh he's like they were overlooking this like fucking view of her at her house and he's like do you think you deserve all this and she's like i deserve more Ooh, and i'm like that's yes. how we all should be yes that's how we all should be uh, give me everything i deserve everything and to come from a such a broken upbringing and a broken first marriage, marriage and Jesus. all of those things and to build herself up so much and she's like i deserve everything that is so impressive and remarkable because oh we as women don't say those things about ourselves we don't we don't think about ourselves that way good for her good for her what oh, a beautiful what a loss. human being what a loss. it's a huge loss what a loss remember her mad max oh my god outfit. it just made me oh. think about my everything about my yeah. childhood she was just such a, a, a force, force a force a force oh no. my god sorry i'm writing down titles. you better be good to me <laughs> <laughs> i won't even dare sing her oh, i won't even okay, dare well, sing. that's as, that's as far as i'm going <laughs> All right, are you ready? All right. Oh, I yeah. Can relax. <laughs> I need to relax. This is Beer in Front. Every week I'll talk about a beer that maybe we've forgotten along the way while we get those check ins and badges. Being the Chicago beer guy, I'll also talk about great craft beer in the city of Chicago. And remember, sometimes the beer in front of you is the best one yet. It's Beer in Front, part of the Odd Pods Media Network. So today, I'm covering Clotilda, the last slave ship. <gasps> Ooh. Girl, okay. So I watched this documentary, I don't know, six months ago on Amazon Prime, and it's called... Um, the order, or the order of the Myths. And I watched it because my ex-husband's family is from Mobile, Alabama. And the whole documentary is about the Mobile, Alabama Mardi Gras, which, oh, by the way, what? was started before the ones in Louisiana. But What? Yeah. And so really this- I've never even heard of that. Yeah, it's huge. And listen, I know because the family and everything. And so I've never been to the Mobile Mardi Gras, but I know it's a big deal. I know that, that my ex-husband's family is very involved in it, blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing I didn't know. <laughs> There's a white Mardi Gras and there's a black Mardi Gras. <laughs> they have a white Mardi Gras king and queen. They have a black Mardi Gras oh queen. Oh my queen. god! And the two that's don't so mix. Alabama. That's so Alabama. And the two Is don't it Alabama? mix. Alabama. It's so Alabama. And when you watch it, it's a 2008 documentary, so it's some time ago. But even in 2008, they're like, "Oh, everything's fine. The blacks are happy. They don't. They don't. They're happy with their own Mardi Gras." Blah 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 blah. But the thing that was interesting about this one, which I think is why this woman who made it, her name's Margaret Brown, and she's actually from Mobile, and she went back to do a whole movie about it, um, is that this, the one from 2008 was really interesting because, or 2000, it was, she was filming the 2007 Mardi Gras, was that the queen, her name was Helen Mayer uh, of the white Mardi Gras, and the queen of the black Mardi Gras, whose name is escaping me, and I should have written it down, um, they were both direct descendants the black Mardi Gras queen was a direct descendant of Clotilda slave ship. 
And the Helen Mayer, Mayer, which we will hear in the story, is a direct descendant of the people who brought that <gasps> ship in. Is that, I got goosebumps. Is that wild or what? Oh my God. Is that fucking wild? And oh it's also God. the first year, so this 2007, where the black king and queen came to the coronation of the white king and queen and were actually on stage with them. Like they never mix and people were like, oh, we're so glad you're here. Thank you for being here. Like welcome them in, especially I think this Helen Mayer, um, because of the things I've since read, like to do this story has been, they've been very point, like her family now is like, this was all shitty and bad and are like trying to like have some sort of like reckoning of like what the mayor family were involved with in, in Mobile and what had happened. Well, that's a all good these thing. Years. It is a good thing. So because but, the mayor why family, can't we, why can't we do this nationwide? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because the mayor family is still very wealthy, still very prominent. Oh, like her, her grandmother was a queen at one point. Oh, and you know, I know it's like when I, when you watch the documentary, you're like, this is fucking like, if you're not from Mobile, you're like, what the fuck is going on? But the traditions of these Mardi Gras for both for black and white people there is inc- is like deep roots. Like this, they've been doing this for hundreds of years. It's Would like they a, ever a big deal. merge this? Never. Still not merged. Still not merged. And they say they don't, that it shouldn't be merged. <laughs> At least oh. the white people say that. Right. Why, why mess with something that's working? They are happy to do their own thing. We're happy to do our, I don't know. Anyway, that's where I heard this story is from this movie. And the way they described it in the movie is not really how it happened, but um, there's, so I'll tell you about a little bit more about that. But anyway, I thought that was kind of crazy. So the last, the, sco- it's, the schooner Clotilda was the last known U.S. slave ship to bring captives from Africa to the United States, arriving at Mobile Bay, Alabama in the autumn of 1859. Oh my God. Or July 9th, 1860. They're really not sure, like with so records and dates. late 1800s. Because this didn't yeah. have any dates written down, right? And it brought with it um, 110 African <gasps> men, women, and children. Oh my God. So U.S. involvement in the Atlantic slave trade had been banned by Congress through the act of prohibiting importation of slaves enacted on March 2nd, 1807. So this is like six, five decades later. This is 50 years later, still happening. And it was effective January 1st, 1808. But the practice continued illegally, especially through slave traders based in New York in the 1850s and and early 1860. So a little history about uh, the Clotilda. The captain was named William Foster and he was working with Tim- Timothy Mayer, a wealthy mobile shipyard owner and steamboat captain who in 1855 or 1856 had built the Clotilda, a two masted schooner, 86 feet long with a beam of 23 feet high and a copper sheathed hull designed for the lumber trade. Now a schooner, it, it's a sailboat, but it's an 86 foot long. It's, it's huge. Um, Mayer had, uh, so this is how it, this is, this is fucked. The reason why they went on this and got these 110 slaves is because Mayer was said to have bet another wealthy man <gasps> from New Orleans that he could successfully smuggle Africans <gasps> into the U.S. despite the 1807 act of prohibiting importation of slaves. So this all happened because he's like, oh my God, just on a whim. Like, yep, oh, hey, I, I could do, do it. I like, won't get caught. Who, who cares about people's lives? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So departing on March 4th, 1860, Captain William Foster sailed from Mobile with a crew of 12, including himself. The schooner had to be refitted as a slave ship with a false deck. So underneath, it didn't look like there was something there, but that's where they were going to put everybody. (gasps) I mean, he really put a lot of thought into this stupid bet. Yeah. Yeah. 
Foster obtained uh, false uh, papers with false claims that he was delivering lumber. And when they were in Bermuda, like on their way there, there was a hurricane and it damaged the ship. And while repairing the ship, the crew of 11 who did not know the real mission or purpose hit, discovered the hidden deck. <gasps> and he persuaded them not to alert authorities and Foster agreed to pay them double, which of course he never did. <laughs> the boat was headed to Waida in West Africa because Mayer had learned that West African tribes were at war and that the king of Dahomey was willing to sell enemy prisoners as slaves. Oh God. Dahomey's forces had been raiding communities in the interior parts of Africa, bringing captive to the large slave market at the port of Wida. It was said there um, were, they were mostly from the Tak. Takbar tribe taken in raid near Tamale in present-day Ghana. Research in the 21st century suggests that they were actually Takpa and Tapa people, the northern Urobi name for the neighboring Nupe people from the interior of present-day Nigeria. When he arrived, Foster offered to buy 125 Africans in Waida for $100 each. Foster wrote in his journal in 1860, quote, having agreeably transacted affairs with the prince, we went to the warehouse where they had in <gasps> confinement 4,000 captives in a state of nudity from which they gave me liberty to select 125 as mine, offering to brand them for me, <gasps> from which I pre preemptively, preemptively <laughs> forbid, commenced taking on cargo of Negroes, successfully securing on board 110, end quote. As the captives were being loaded, Foster saw two steamer steamers off the port and featuring and fearing capture ordered the crew to leave immediately only with only 110 so they left 115 standing there they saw a warship during their uh ocean passage but escaped notice when a squall came up and they outran the ship wow. reaching abaco lighthouse at the bahama banks by june 30th wow so there were government boats out there look, making sure this thing kind right. of thing wasn't happening and they were getting away with it as um, they neared the united states they disguised the schooner by taking down the quote square sail yards and the four top mast end quote hoping to pass as a coaster carrying african captives within the u.s in the domestic coastal trade foster's journal recorded that he anchored clotilda on july 9th off the po point of pines in grand bay mississippi he traveled over land by horse and buggy to mobile to meet with mayor fearful of criminal charges captain foster brought the schooner into the port of mobile at night and had it towed up the spanish river to the alabama river at 12 mile island wow yeah so he transferred the african captives to a river steamboat then b burned the Cotil clotilda clotilda no. to the water's edge before <gasps> sinking it so he paid off the crew and told them to return north and the African captives were mostly distributed to the financial backers of the Clotilda venture with Tim Timothy Mayer retaining 30 captives on his property north of Mobile, inclu including Cujo Lewis, known as Kusola or Kazula. Um, and this is somebody who becomes very important after the Civil War when Cujo Lewis was freed. He became like a historian about the Clotilda. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. And in the first quarter of the 20th century, Lewis began to serve as an informant for scholars and other writers sharing the history of the Clotilda Africans with wow. traditional stories and tales. He was also one of the founders of Africatown, which where he died in 1935, which I will talk about. This it's an incredibly is... important neighborhood in Mobile. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Despite the racial hierarchy of the Deep South, the Africans from Clotilda could not legally be registered as slaves because they were smuggled in. However, they were treated as personal property. Oh God. Some of the captives were sold farther away, including Radoshi, who also became an, like one of the longest living slaves from the ship. 
Um, she was believed to be the longest living survivor until they found another one, another person who was, she was captive, taken captive at 12. She was sold again and enslaved on the upcountry plantation of the Washington Smith family in Dallas County, Alabama, where he, uh, her owner renamed her Sally Smith. Oh my and, God. Yeah. In 1861, the federal government prosecuted Mayer and Foster in Mobile for illegal slave importation, but the case was dismissed for lack of evidence from having the ship or its manifest and perhaps because of the outbreak of the civil war. So everything kind of like went away. Right. Because captain Foster reported he burned and sank Clotilda in the Delta North of Mobile Bay, archeology span searches continued into the (gasps) 21st century for the wreck. Some visible wrecks had been referred to by the locals as the slave ship. Wreckage from Clotilda was allegedly found in 2018, but the Alabama historical commission ruled out the findings because of, a quote major differences between the two vessels and quote an apparent lack of any fire damage but oh. in may 2019 the alabama historical commission announced the wreck had finally been found by researcher <gasps> ben rains showing quote physical and forensic evidence that powerfully suggests that this is the clotilda end quote wow. yeah so africa town which is really fucking again it's mentioned in this the order of the myths they show it it's incredible the africans of the clotilda were effectively emancipated at the end of the civil war and many of mayor's former enslaved people returned to magazine point which is this area and uh to land owned by mayor on the mobile tensaw river delta just north of mobile on the west bank of the mobile river they founded the all-black community of Africatown and attracted other ethnic Africans to join them in the independent oh, community. I love this. They adopted community rules based on mostly the Takpa Tapa customs and chose leaders. Some maintained the use of the Yoruba language and cultural traditions in the nineteenth into My the nineteen fifties. This is giving me goosebumps. Yeah. This is beautiful. It's incredible. Hold on oh, to that, no. though. Children born in the community began there to learn English, first at church and then in schools that were founded in the late 19th century. Cujo Lewis lived until 1935 and was long thought to be the last survivor of Clotilda. In 2019, a new study established that Radoshi, who was Sally Smith, renamed Sally Smith, lived until 1937. Wow. And then she was considered last survivor until 2020. It was announced that Matilda McCreer had survived until 1940 when she died in Selma, Alabama, and she was the last living survivor. Wow. The community of Africatown grew to 12,000 as new industry attracted workers to the upper river, including paper mills built after World War II. But with closing industries and job losses, the population has declined to about 2,000 people in the early 21st 21st century. In the post-war period, the area was mostly absorbed into a neighborhood of Mobile, where part of the neighboring town of Pritchard. In 2012, the Africatown Historic District was recognized and listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Wow. So what about now, today? Yeah, so let's talk about that. So, But first, so Margaret Brown, uh, who made the Order of the Mist, followed up with a 2022 documentary called descendant which i've started watching this week and i didn't get to finish it but it looks into the africa town community today including the environmental and societal inequities still present after 160 years mm. and the impact of the clotilda's 2019 discovery had on the area and it was produced by netflix and premiered at the 2022 2022 sundance film festival and it was also produced by i don't know if you've heard this person before barack obama <laughs> The Obamas have a uh, production company. <laughs> yeah. God, I love Barack Obama. Um, anyway, Barack Obama. in the beginning of The Descendant, which I've started watching, um, they haven't found the ship yet. So some point in this, oh. yeah, they're going to talk about it. But it's really interesting to see the conversations and the people who still live there are so, direct descendants from the ship. is so incredible but, uh, but to me. So today, is there any, you know, are, are, are 
the, the people in the community, do they know like the language? Yes. Like, are they still yes. holding on to the traditions they, and like what the I've, from what I've seen so far, there are people who are like designated storytellers. Oh my God. I love this. Yeah, and they are passing it down, passing it down, passing it down. That's so beautiful. Yeah. But you know, it's less and less people there. Yeah. You know, but then if they keep passing it on to the kids yeah. and then they, you know, but it's, I think it's also incredible that, you know, your direct lineage, like, yeah. you know, the names are the same. The, the, they know yeah. exactly who everybody is kind of incredible wow. here's something i thought was amazing so henry lewis gates juniors who has the show on pbs called finding your roots uh on season four episode nine which aired december 12th uh, 2017 it showed census data for mobile and captain william foster's journal from the clotilda during a segment explaining the family history of Questlove. you know who Questlove yeah. is yeah he's a drummer for the roots yeah, 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 he's yeah, on yeah. uh oh, the uh, jimmy the jimmy fallon show yeah. tonight show uh, incredible movie producer. He made that movie about the the Harlem uh, Music Festival that I love so much. Okay, listen to this. His great 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 grandparents, Charles Lewis, who was born in 1820, and his wife Maggie, born in 1830, were among the slaves brought from West Africa <gasps> on the Clotilda. Isn't that incredible? Wow. Yes, it's wild. Amazing. Uh, and also Gates found an article in the Pittsburgh Post on April 15th, 1894, recounting the wager that Kim <gasps> Captain Timothy Mayer and, uh, had made in 1859 and that he could smuggle in these slaves within two years. And he found another article uh, from the Tarboro Daily Southerner on July 14th, 1860, that 110 Africans had arrived in Mobile <gasps> Cliff Clotilda. So people knew. Yeah. The July 1860, oh that's God. when like people knew that this was happening. And they still couldn't, like, there's an article talking about how he made a bet and people still can't hold him accountable. So, come on. How is the current mayor family trying to, okay, so they like reconcile or, or, yeah. or, I read an article, it was from a couple years ago, where the mayor family met like behind closed doors with some of these descendants from in the Africa town. And they brought, like, there's a museum there and there's like historic whatever. They brought um, some of these old artifacts from mayor and things like like oh. um, things that that he used like to put in there but they they're having discussions they're acknowledging their family's part in all of this how horrible and horrific the whole thing was i mean they're not distancing themselves from it like we've seen in other things like in um wh what was the one in north carolina wilmington oh, yeah where there's like statues of people that shit's not fucking happening no okay the family is still very prominent but at least they are acknowledging the horrific family history and, but are they compensating no i don't they're not compensating please mm. so here's the thing that so great about white supremacy is that it never fucking goes away right like it continues and it comes oh. in other ways and we've heard about environmental racism and that is exactly what happens today in africatown so given its location along waterways this area was developed for mills and other industrial oh, uses so especially in the early 20th century so a paper plant was built in 1928 and operated for decades on the land first owned by a mayor jr on the edge of africatown and residents state that they have serious industrial pollution and public health problems which has caused a high rate of cancer since the late 20th century Jesus. there was a point where anybody born uh, I believe in the forties or something, 19, in the 1940s, weren't living past 65. Jesus. Because they were all getting cancer. Jesus. So in 2017, a group of about 1,200 residents launched a lawsuit against International Paper as this company had owned the now shuttered paper plant. The environmental group claimed that International Paper improperly handled the handling of waste through the decades, contaminated the land and the water, and the company did not clean up the site as required after closing the plant. The case was settled in 2021, but the amount wasn't disclosed. 
But still, like this is the fight that they have every single day. And that's the story of Clotilda. Well, but, this is, but this is a way that that mayor family can... I agree. You know, do something. They have the money to do something and help that town. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, that's kind of fucked. Like, I mean, great. I'm happy that they're acknowledging their role, but like, you got to do more than acknowledge it, I think. Yeah, I agree. You know, I mean, they have the means to do it. And they probably know a lot of people who could help too. Yeah, come on. What a story. <sighs> I mean, it's it blows my mind. It's like the founding of our country. And even like the, the things that some of these slaves, like that they lived through, like they lived through, they get here and shortly afterwards the civil war starts. Yeah. You can imagine how that, how that went down, how fun that was for yeah. them. And they lived through that. Then they had to live through Jim Crow. Oh, they got to live through like the depression. You know what I mean? Like Jesus muddle. like what, what point yeah. did they get a catch a break? Still never, still not like still the families are fighting. Yeah. Like my God, how much can you put entire generations of people through? Well, on that note. But also, this <laughs> is the importance of knowing history. Yeah, right? Like, this is the importance of it. We need I, to know thing, history. The thing that really bothers me, too, about DeSantis is, with the banning of the books, he literally has a press conference where there's a sign that says, book ban um, hoax. And I don't understand because how that's possible. We know that it's happening. It's happening. He even said, you know what he literally said in the speech a couple of days ago? That poem, that yes, not being banned yes, is a I was hoax. Say that. that didn't happen. Well, he said- how can he say that? So what he's saying, he's, he's like, we, we just, uh, it wasn't appropriate for the elementary school level. I'm sorry, fourth and fifth grade kids, first grade kids can listen to that poem. It's ridiculous. What, there's, there's nothing, there's no language or vocabulary in that that is too challenging or difficult for young kids. Yeah. And, you know, we just have, I guess, as parents in the state of Florida, a, a huge responsibility of teaching history ourselves. Yeah. Because it's not going to be happening in the public schools. So again, when you're thinking about not voting because you're like, eh, who cares? Like, I don't have time. This is a problem. You want to have a nation full of people uneducated? I also want to bring up this. My son goes to a private school. I talked to, we were talking about shootings at schools or something like oh. that. Mm -hmm. Drills. Yeah. Shooter drills or whatever they call, what are they called? Uh, yeah, active yeah. active shooter yeah. drills. He's never had an active shooter drill. He's been in private school his whole life. Never had it. Never had one. So our kids in public school are going are traumatized. This the fear of that. Even if it's not not a drill. Even if it's like we don't know what's happening. Everybody get in a corner or whatever these these things are when they beep and there's something yeah. happening on campus and we don't know yet. So to protect you, we need you all to move yeah. over here and block your door or whatever you need to do. My son and his classmates have never experienced that. And they're learning about history. Yeah. There's no banned books there. So I don't know. And guess what? I think it's fucked up that, well, that this is how, that we know it's not necessary, right? Like but, there is a world where there aren't active shooter drills, where there right. aren't those sort of threats happening. Not that they don't happen no, in, no, pri no, no. in private school. Yeah, no. What I'm saying is that's not a thing for him. But here's the other thing that's part of that. The people that are sending their kids to, private school mm. that have the money to send their children mm -hmm. to, to private school. They're the same people actively fighting to have book bans in the public school. Because if it was happening where their kids go to school that could impact their education, they wouldn't be for it. 
Also, you know what I mean? They're the same it's people such who, bullshit. Also, they're the same people it's who- It's such bullshit. They had a meeting at the school about how you could take advantage of those vouchers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, I told you, they, they were telling people in the newsletter yeah. and then all of a sudden it's like, don't forget tonight's meeting about how you can sign up for that free money. And yeah. I was like, holy shit. Because that <laughs> oh free money, God. again, is not going to help the everyday person because again, that voucher program works like a rebate. So like, you know, you buy your washing machine and it's like, okay, send in for the rebate for 500 bucks or whatever it is, but you got to have the money to buy the washing machine first. Right. The same thing with this education. You got to pay that tuition up front. And if you don't have the money to pay the $15,000, the $19,000, whatever it is, you, you can't participate. right? Right. So it's because it's not guaranteed either, because there's a limit to how much money they can give. So it's first come first serve. So the people that have the money can do it because they get, they get the voucher. Great. They don't, they can still afford the school, but for people who can't, because most private schools, I'm sorry, are more than $7,000 a year. They can't do it. So again, this is just a rebate for rich people. And also as far as like active shooter drills and all of that, (sighs) and the, what the, the, the sort of education that he's getting that she's not getting in my house. Like I really feel like we are going because of the things of DeSantis, maybe in like 10 years, we're going to really see a difference in these kinds of students, Yeah, public education versus private education versus whatever. Like we're really going to see, I, I mean, I even had a conversation with my daughter. I said, I don't want you to go to school here in for college. Like I want you to have the options to read women writers, LGBTQ yes. writers, learn about black history, the device, diversity. And like, I, I said, and I said even if it's a very small school in another state and it's very, whatever, however, whatever it costs to be out of state, it will be expensive, but if we find a very small school, like this is not the place. This is not the place. Even if it's down the street at FAU, we know that there's things happening there, you know? So it can't be, it can't, we can't do this to our kids. We can't no. do it. We can't. And I feel bad for people who have been paying into a system here. They, you know, they want you to get that. What is it called? The Florida prepay, Florida prepaid. You, you, when you have a child here, you can start paying you every month. You put a little, or every week, whatever. We're not doing that. You put a little money into this thing. And then when your kids graduates high school, you have a thing sitting here and it goes to any public university you can send your kid to and you've you've paid for their college. You've paid for their college. And now you, you, now colleges are fucked. Right. And you've locked it in the rate that college was like when your kid was little yeah. so that they're not right. paying, you know, cause rates go up every year. So you get to lock in a really good rate and all mm-hmm. of that. But my husband and I had the conversation. Take we don't, money out. we don't want, we don't know what the state of education is going to be. And there are great universities here. My, oh. my God. Yeah. And, it's, and, it's, and, and, terrible. and there's bright futures. Like, so for people like me, for families like me, where we need, um, where we need help, to pay for our kids' yeah. education. You know what I mean? Like any support would be amazing. Now we're like, wow, great. I'm glad there's bright futures, but do I want to send my kid here? And hopefully by the time they go, maybe things change. Maybe it's going to be like the kids at, at New College who had their own separate um, graduation, right? They had the, the, the school. Um, maybe the the faculty, um, like, uh, 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 did you hear like the the board? Um, at new college was like, uh, we don't, we have a vote of no confidence in the board of trustees. So maybe with more faculty and more students protesting, mm-hmm. things will change I hope by so. the time our children are on their way to applying, um, and thinking about going to college. But if not, 
And then again, we want this on a nationwide scale. So like we have to think because they just think that education, it's like they don't want kids to think, right? They're like, this is where they, they go to learn liberal ideas. And it's like it, they learn about the world. They learn how to think. And when it's that a bad thing, my God. All right, on a different note, look at okay. my look at my cute ass. Oh my Barbie. god, it's so cute! My cute ass Barbie hoodie. Oh, can I get it over my headphones? You can, right there, girl. Oh. <gasps> Do you like it? I'm a Barbie something. I cannot something, wait for this movie. Something. I'm so excited. Wait, I thought it was out already. No, I think it comes out in June. Oh, it's a summer movie. But also, oh, Ryan Gosling is in it. That's her love. That's her love. That's the love of her life. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Ryan Gosling. Can you, maybe you can do an appearance on our show. I love that Ryan Gosling is the love of my life. (laughs) I really want to manifest that. Can we make it? And also I want his hair to be that bleach blonde too. Oh my God. That sounds good to me. All right. Um, I guess that's it. That's it. (laughs) What more do you want from us? What do you want? What do you want? Blood. All right. (laughs) All right, we'll give it to you. We'll give it to you. Just don't wear cowboy boots, all right? (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye. If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please go to our website, www.themuckpodcast.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast and on our Twitter at Muck Podcast. To support the Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support with exclusive content, Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do this without you.